Welcome to the Blue Cord Podcast. This is the place where everyday Christian women like you get inspired to be authentic witnesses in your daily life so that people who don't know Jesus come to know Him and they can know. On this week's episode, we continue a very important conversation between Karen and Renaud about the turbulent times we live in and how we can use our knowledge of what's going on to help shape our conversations with our friends and neighbors of other faiths and cultures and help steer those conversations to a higher level and ultimately to help plant the seeds to lead them to find and follow Jesus. If you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to stop this episode and go back and listen to it. It'll give you some insight and background And it'll lead us right into today's topic, which is all about the five essentials. So without further ado, let's get right into the conversation. I think about this statement. It's an old statement. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So as our friends from other nations come here from that kind of a background, we have to be wise as serpents when yes. we engage with them. Yes, yes. And when they come here, the two predominant things that they're going through is this whole situation makes them angry. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Angry for and zealot for their own side, just like we would be, exactly, understandably. Mm-hmm. And they're also dealing with trauma. So you asked earlier, how do we engage them? How are we salt and light? How are we effective witnesses for Jesus with them? Because ultimately we know that the Lord loves them. And when we begin to see through his eyes, he also tells us, blessed are the peacemakers. How can we love? How can we respond? How can we be peacemakers in situations like this? Yes. Well, as you know, with I Hope Ministries, we say the way to respond with people is through what we call the five essentials. So tell us quickly, five essentials. Yes. So now that you know that you are engaging with a student, with a refugee, with an immigrant, whoever, somebody that is traumatized by this issue or angry at this issue, what do we do? Essential number one is to love, right? Let the love of Christ flow through us. That is the most powerful, attractive force in the world per the Bible. So how do we love them well? We listen. Mm -hmm. We don't have to agree with their view. So I didn't share all of this view with them to tell you to agree or disagree. It's just listen. And then when they ask your opinion or try to persuade you to agree with their opinion, the second is not just love and listen well, but now take them to the second essential, in this case that we'll focus on, and that's the Bible. What does that look like in practical real life? Yeah. So when they come and they're complaining and, and uh, venting their anger or sharing their trauma and so on, Listen with that empathy, and regardless of what they ask me, in this case, I would say, this is very hard. And I've learned that whatever thoughts I have on this are very different than the thoughts that God has on this. So in order to understand God's perspective, I go to His Word, because He talks about these things. And this reminds me that what we are seeing right now is talked about in Galatians chapter 5. And I would love for you, my friend, to read verse 16. But I say, walk 
by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. See, my friend, when we look at the Bible and I understand God's Word, I see this is what keeps happening in the Holy Land between our Muslim friends and Jewish friends, between our Palestinian friends and Israeli friends. We see the fruit of the flesh at work. And I know for me personally, my friend, I was persecuted by Muslim extremists and I used to hate Muslims. Mm -hmm. I understand what it is to walk in the flesh. But here's the good news, and this is where we look at verse 16, as we said, God is telling us to walk by the Spirit, hmm. not by the flesh. Now, here, I want you to read verses 22 through 24 to see what, what's the difference. He says, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. My friend, I know that a lot is going on, and we see it. But God transformed my heart, so I have this fruit of the Spirit. And I hope as I listen to you and speak with you, that you see that being displayed in my life. So this is how you start with your friend. This is how you interact with your friend. I've done it with hundreds of them like this. Mm -hmm. And it takes the conversation to a different level. Amen. So I just want to stop for a second and unpack what you just masterfully did. And the best part is that I can do this too. So can you, our listener friend, because Renaud didn't rely on his own words. No. And, and that is probably the crucial moment when we're engaging with our Muslim friend and they feel this hopelessness, anger, passion, whatever it is, and they want you to side with whatever's happening with them and you feel oh this is a crucial moment i'm gonna get sucked into this and it's not gonna turn out well yeah and, and i want to interject this they did this the pharisees the strategies all people who opposed them they did this to jesus and they tried and tried to ask him questions and get him to answer and take sides so the way to respond is by relying on the Holy Spirit, praying just like Jesus did, and then answer them the way Jesus did. And that is, didn't really answer them. Just look at the Bible, look at Jesus' interaction with people. He didn't answer them. Instead, he took the conversation to a higher level. So when your Muslim friend is asking you to take sides, you don't need to. They ask you a question of political, so on, you don't need to take sides. This is what I just modeled for you. You take him to a higher 
spiritual truth. Okay, so let's give us one more practical example, Renaud. So we're going to be listening closely to how you give a Jesus response. You don't get sucked into the more worldly, self-sufficient way. You immediately take the conversation higher and right back into the Word. Yes, and part of the transition right there, I said Galatians 5, verse 24, and I'll read it again. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. God is saying, walk in the Spirit. My friend, let's invite the Holy Spirit of God to take over so we can actually walk in the Spirit of God not in our only flesh desires. So this is something you would say to your Muslim yes. friend right here. Yes, Okay. absolutely. Let's invite the Holy Spirit of God to guide us, to fill us. And here's what God reveals about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, the latter part of verses 11 and 12. Again, you can read it with your friend. Better yet, have your friend read it as you turn there with him in the Bible that you've given them. And usually it's best just to do it through a smart device, an mm-hmm. app. But here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, the first latter part says, So no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And then have him read verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So, friend, Can we pray together that the Spirit of God will fill us so we can see God's perspective on this instead of our government, military, or political, or media perspective on this? And the other essential Mm -hmm. is what we call a person of peace. That means talking with someone that God is wooing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So now when we are sharing this with them and inviting them to pray with us to receive the Holy Spirit, if they are someone that God is wooing to Jesus. They'll read that Bible with you. Yes. They'll allow you to pray with them. Yes. So, boldly ask to pray. I found that most people will accept. Mm. So, offer to pray with them and say, as a follower of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus. Is that all right with you? Yep. And the third essential that we are focusing on is to pray with them in the name of Jesus. And you can take him to two verses, and they are very open to this, to two verses, to, so they'll understand why we pray in the name of Jesus. See, your Muslim friend already believes or thinks that Jesus is alive today. He was never crucified. He's with God. They just don't know what he's doing. So when you take him to Romans 8, verse 34, where it says, Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Now you gave him special insight right out of God's word. And you can take him to Hebrews 7.25 and have him read it. 
again, Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us, but he can also save completely those who come to God through Jesus. Mm. So offer to pray with them in the name of Jesus in order to have this fruit of the Spirit fill them to where all this anxiety and trauma and anger that they're feeling can be replaced by the fruit of the Spirit, love, kindness, gentleness, patience, and see if they respond. Mm, So good. So thank you for teaching us and guiding us on how to transition and go to a Jesus answer. So in that process, Renaud, as we look for persons of peace, as we are praying with them in Jesus's name, as we're taking them to the word and taking thoughts higher, where in that whole equation does it make sense to perhaps share the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to that, we've just set Jesus up very well because we've lifted up his name by saying we're praying in the name of Jesus. And we've justified it through scripture why we pray in the name of Jesus. And we're inviting the Holy Spirit, who's the only one that can transform their heart for them to know who Jesus is. By the way, my friend, the reason why I prayed in the name of Jesus and because I'm a follower of Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, I believe what God says, what he revealed in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what I call the one-sentence gospel presentation. And we're not sharing it in that moment that they are angry and traumatized in order to say, Will you accept Jesus Christ right now? Exactly. This is a big point. So hear us on this. You are not trying to ask that person to accept Jesus right now. Why are you doing that? Planting a seed. Planting seeds. we know that it takes time. Mm -hmm. Now, every now and then, someone will come to faith right away. But it is a rare occurrence, just like a seed. You got to give it time to grow in the soil, to be watered, to have light and passage of time. So usually our Muslim friends take them about two years from the first time they hear the gospel until they accept Christ. It's a process. It's a process. So trust the Lord with that and then plant the seed of the answer to suffering. What is the end of the story? This is where one of the ones I will use more often than not. So I know we're getting into some teaching stuff here, but Go to Revelation chapter 21. Show them the end of the story. Let them read it. They are very Muslim-friendly verses, and they love them. Go to Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. They know all about the suffering. They know that there's suffering all around the world, and they're traumatized and angry with it. Say, God sees it, and he's already given us the end of the story. In his perfect timing, in Revelation chapter 21, my friend, I would love for you to read verses 1 through 4 and have them read it. And here they are. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We are living, my friend, in these former things, and I am so sorry you are suffering through that. Mm. God understands. Before you go on for a yeah. second, Renaud, I just want to interject because with the the hopelessness and the suffering and the complexities right now, we can use what the enemy means for evil for good. So situations like this that are happening in the world right now give us incredible opportunities to open up and have some robust spiritual conversations that we might not ordinarily have. And so you are equipping us with some very practical ways we can open up those conversations. Absolutely. And then as far as planting another gospel seed, again, if you're already in Revelation at that point and they are piqued in their interest, then Ended with two more verses toward the end of the story, because your Muslim friend is already very aware of Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. The Judgment Day passage is Revelation chapter 20, beginning with verse 11. But you can go right to verse 15 if you wish, because it is a pretty good summary. And have him read it. But here, I'll read it for you right now. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And then one last verse on that, chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 27, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, talking about the new heaven Mm. and new earth, paradise as they know it, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Mm-hmm. My friend, Jesus is that Lamb. And I know my name is written as a follower of Jesus in his book of life. So I can look forward to this glorious ending. Renaud, as you were sharing these verses and walking us through this process about how to respond with Jesus' answers and to take the conversation higher, it occurred to me that these are conversations we could be having right now with not just our Muslim friends, but with our Hindu friends, our Buddhist friends, our Jewish friends who are hurt and angry as well. Pretty much anyone who's not a follower of Jesus who doesn't understand, these are also concepts that we can use in our everyday life. Yeah. I would love to end with a story. Okay, tell us a story, <laughs> Renaud, to close All out right. our time together. I'll start, story we'll call him Muhammad. This is a real-life story. Muhammad was a Palestinian Muslim that hated Israel, hated Jews. He was in Hamas, that is in the news today as that terrorist organization depending on your side, right? Right. But he was a member of Hamas. And Muhammad was groomed and trained to carry out a terrorist attack 
he was one of those people that was ready to go through the wall like they did earlier in October mm-hmm. and do what they did. Mm-hmm. Eventually, however, they thought he was too smart. They decided to send Muhammad to the U.S. Mm-hmm. They were able to get him a visa. So he came in, and his goal was to be what we call a cultural jihadist. Mm. His goal was to transform. So he was like modeling what Muslims want to do, and that is to transform the U.S. to become a Muslim nation. Mm. They looked at him as a leader to do that, knowing that if he fails, or if they fail eventually, he is willing to blow himself up as a real jihadist to die for the cause. Muhammad came in as an immigrant to the U.S. with that mentality in mind. Mm. And they decided to put him right in the heart of the Bible Belt in America. Very religious area, very Christian area. Mm. God was at work because we know he's in control. Muhammad got into an auto accident. Mm. And the people that were taking care of him in the hospital, he had a Christian doctor. Mm -hmm. And Muhammad was worried and concerned because he didn't know how this will change things. And his doctor, armed with the five essentials, realized, I got to listen to Muhammad. So he listened with love. Muhammad wasn't able to take care of himself when the hospital was releasing him. The Christian doctor and his family prayed together and they decided to have Muhammad as their guest in their home. Hmm. Now Muhammad has all these thoughts that these are followers of big Satan, enabling my enemy, little Satan over there, killing my relatives. But these people have welcomed me in their home. They're loving on me. They would see my concern. They prayed with me. They offered to pray with me in the name of Jesus. And I just decided to say yes. Why not? But he still had negative thoughts toward him. But that love of Christ flowing through them was so attractive. When they prayed with him, whether through meals, they would pray as thank God for the food, offer blessing on the food, listen to his concerns, pray. And then what he would ask him questions. So as their relationship drew a little closer as he was there, he would ask him questions. He would ask him about politics. He would ask him about all of these things. But the doctor will call him John. Kept saying, that's a good question, my friend. I've learned not to trust myself. The Bible tells me in Proverbs, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, seek God and his ways and follow them. So I would love to open up the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about that. They were just living out their Christian faith. Yes. Muhammad allowed that. My listener friend, Muhammad became a follower of Jesus. Mm. 
he stopped being a cultural jihadist. The hate and anger he had in his heart toward Christians, America as big Satan, was gone due to the witness of the five essentials with John's family. And the hate he had to Jews and Israelis as little Satan was gone because he accepted Jesus and Jesus came into his heart, transformed him. He was filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the flesh was gone, replaced by the fruit of the Spirit. So that's the simplicity of what it can be. So God has brought the nations here. He's brought Muslim friends here that might be like Muhammad. Maybe they're not extremists like Muhammad. But if God can get through to an extremist like Muhammad through the power of the five essentials, through the power of the simplicity of John, who, by the way, he and his family didn't know anything about the conflict in the Middle East. They didn't know anything about the history. They didn't know anything about Islam or the Quran. They never got into situations or arguments where they needed any information about Islam or the culture. They were just authentic witnesses in their daily life, taking advantage of the opportunity that God brought to them. So good, Renaud, so good. You have given our listener a lot to consider. And so I just want to hold some space for our listener just to process some things through and to consider next steps. And to consider how God can use you, my friend, how you can be that authentic witness. Absolutely. So one of the best things right now that we can all do is to spend extra time with God in the Word and praying, asking him, what does he want us to know about our world right now so we see it through spiritual eyes and not our worldly eyes? And what, to Renaud's point, he wants us to do. Very practical ways. So here's what we know to be true. We can trust God to take what seems dark and hopeless from our worldly perspective and set it in that new and higher context now, the darkness can still be there. The world can still be in chaos all around us. Yet he reminds us that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So this challenge that has started thousands of years before, that is still manifesting itself today, he is the same through all of that. And so when our world is in chaos, he continues to still always be with us. And through it all, he gives us a purposeful job to do. And I love this job because Jesus told us this job in John 9, 3, 4. And that is, we must do the works of him who sent me, that's Jesus, while it is day. Because night is coming when no one can work. My friend, Hope shines brightest in the dark. So in the midst of all the uncertainty in the world, you are called to be steadfastly focused on spreading the gospel and transforming lives for eternity while there is still time. So I invite you to start small. 
One of the first things you can do is look for Renaud's book, Muslims 5 Biblical Essentials, wherever it's sold online. You can read the Blue Cord book also, wherever it's sold online. Read that and then be praying and then practicing how you can do those Jesus answers. Take the conversation higher to spiritual thing and get your friend into the Word. And the way to paradise is a Bible study tailored for Muslim seekers. Just follow it with your Muslim friend who is willing to get into the Word with you. Amen. Thanks for joining us here today on this very special episode, and we'll resume back to our normal programming shortly. Thanks for joining me. I'd love to know more about you and how this podcast is serving you. Make sure to sign up to get our weekly emails on the website at thebluecord.org. Then when you get an email from me, you can jot me back a note. If you're enjoying the Blue Cord podcast or the book, would you post an online review so that others know what to expect? That would mean a lot. Thanks so much. Have a great week.